0: Welcome to On Air with Russell of Hotels, where we talk about everything hospitality, from hotels to influencers and everything in between. We will feature guest interviews with hospitality professionals who will share their experiences. Your host, Russell Edmond, has spent over 25 years in the hospitality industry, beginning his career with Marriott International in hotel operations, before moving into the sales arena and becoming a relationship-building director of sales and marketing. Russell then went to the other side as a hospitality entrepreneur. He now consults in the hotel and meeting space, which includes being the CEO of Russell of Hotels Group. Did I mention he was a veggie foodie? Yes, Russell is always looking for good non-meat eats. Please welcome your host, Russell Edmond.
1: Good afternoon again. Russell of Hotels, Russell Edmond going live. Just doing this thing called On Air with Russell of Hotels that I do every Tuesday at 1 o'clock PST. Thank you guys so much for joining. Uh, I could not continue this show today without... Mentioning one person, a, a a dear friend that we lost uh, some several weeks ago, and that was Dylan Beaumont. Um if you guys have seen, you know, if you didn't know Dylan, um Dylan and I did a lot of collaboration. We did a collaboration here on on uh YouTube and, and LinkedIn as well as on Instagram. Uh in fact I did there was I couldn't go like two collaborations on Instagram without him being on one of them, right? So uh, when I say it's a tremendous blow, not just to me, but to the industry, because he was very knowledgeable. He was very well liked by a lot of uh, colleagues and people that, quite frankly, didn't even had not even met him, but knew him from social media, knew him from LinkedIn, knew him from Instagram, and you know knew all you know the knowledge that he possessed. And being a general manager at the uh, uh, Fairfield Inn by Marriott out in Eugene, Oregon, so his services were uh, over the over the weekend. And his mom sent me a link that I posted yesterday. So if you're interested in looking at the services, um, they're on my LinkedIn page here, Russell L. Edmond, and, you know, feel free to um, to take a look and, and just kind of reminisce and kind of, you know, uh, enjoy the kind of a homegoing service for, um, for Dylan. Like I said, uh, a tremendous guy a good friend of mine and someone that not just me, I'm going to miss him. I'm just going to be personally. I'm definitely going to miss him. I miss him already. I missed him the day that I heard that he had passed away because like I said, we did so many countless collaborations. I couldn't even count how many times him and I talked or chopped it up about, you know, things on Instagram or things on here on LinkedIn and YouTube and you know, how he got started in the industry and, and, you know, service and, you know, how we're missing a mark on certain things and how you should always, um, you know, take care of your employees. Um, I mean, all those things. So, I mean, there you go. I I mean, I I can go on and on and on, but I mean, feel free, like I said, to to go to my page and look at um, the services um, in its entirety. I want to say it's like an hour, a little bit over an hour or so. Uh, But the first part, just with the the music and the you know some of the things that people you know had said to about Dylan or to Dylan uh after his passing are just it's quite touching i I'll just say that it's it's quite touching and so so there you go. But, you know, Dylan, as, you know, as we do in Hollywood, Dylan would be like, hey, the show goes on. we got to continue to push forward. we got to continue to put out the message about this industry that we love so much. And Dylan loved just as much as I do and just as much as so many of the people out there. Um, We love hospitality. We love hotel industry. So, you know, we got to. I got it. We have to move on. I mean, it's, it's an unfortunate part that we have to move on. So, but anyway, so thank you so much for joining on air with Russell of hotels, live hospitality talk show. Uh, this is show number 214. Today is Tuesday, July 18th. So um, let's jump into the sponsorship. Who is that? That is level hotel, downtown, downtown LA on South olive street, staying is the um, website. Just go staying And then in the promo code, put in ROH 23 and you'll get that Russell of hotels rate. See, people didn't know that there's hotels that there's hotels here in LA that that are offering that Russell of hotels rate. Well, level hotel is one of them. And let me just tell you just one quick thing about the level hotels. They all have balconies. They all have full kitchens. um, They all have washers and dryers. Okay. And they're one, two and three bedroom um, rooms or suites. And they start off the size of the rooms start off at 700 square feet. 700. Your typical size for a hotel is between 300 and 350 square feet, just in case you did not know. And I may be a little generous on that, okay? Uh but yeah, some of them I know like 250, 240 square feet, you know, almost like a closet. But the level hotel, you're definitely going to get a bang for your buck when it comes to space. So there you go. So check it out. Uh, just check it. If if you don't want to book there, that's fine. But check it out. Stayinglevel.com and just see what you'll be missing if you didn't stay there. Okay, so there you go. And the rate that you'll be getting is the rate that Russell of Hotels gets. So, you know, that's what I do for my peeps, right? You you follow me. I'm going to take care of you. Okay. And no matter which hotel you stay in, make sure you always book direct. So there you go. Boom. We're going to talk about today? Okay. I, I mentioned this in the intro um, hotel rates. How are they determined? Do you ever think about like, how do we come up with these rates? Why is this rate today is 200 and last week it was 150. You know what I mean? How did, how did the, how does the hotel come up with the rate? Do they just pull this out of the air or out of somewhere else? <laughs> Sometimes they do. Okay. But normally there's kind of a, a method to the madness, if you will. I mean, they they take certain things under consideration, and of course, I'm going to go through them with you. I have eight points to make about hotel rates and how are they determined. That's going to be my industry stuff today, right? Because I know a lot of people are thinking about that. They're like, you know, what? I go to these conventions. I go to you know, I just or I staying in certain certain times of the year. You know, sometimes I come in 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 the summer, and the rates are you know, out of control in Santa Monica, but then maybe I'll go in December and the rates are lower. You know, why is that? You know, what is the problem here? What can we have some consistent rates? Why, you know, they change so frequently. Well, you know what? I'm about to tell you, I'm I'm about to give you some information about why some rates change. Now this may not be for your operations, people in hotels, right? But, but for your, your lay people, people that just don't know about the industry, people don't know, maybe they, even hotel people that didn't spend time in, you know, like front office or reservations or revenue management or in sales, right? In fact, even some sales don't even realize how, you know, some rates are determined. So this is for, this is for people outside of the industry for the most part that don't understand why the rates are the way they are, or how we come up with this. Do we just pull them from the air? Like, Oh, there's a good rate right there. Let's put that one here and we're going to put it there. You know what I mean? So it's for everybody, but specifically for those people, because I, I like to educate everybody, right? i like to be a resource for everyone, not just for, just for the hotel people, but for the people that don't understand the people that stay in hotels, the people that are, you know, tomorrow's groups or tomorrow's leisure business or tomorrow's transient you know, travelers or corporate travelers or whatever. So it's for everybody, right? Because they listen to the show just as much as the hotel people listen to the show, just in case you did not know. So, um, but anyway, hotel rates are determined by a variety of factors that hotels take into consideration when setting their pricing. Here are some key factors that influence how hotel rates are determined. Number one, uh, demand and seasonal ability, seasonal ability, seasonability. Am I saying that right? Season oh, seasonality. thought <laughs> about seasonability. I even wrote this stuff out. S- seasonality. Okay, demand and seasonality. Hotels analyze demand patterns and consider the season the seasonality of their destination. Rates tend to be higher during peak travel seasons when demand is high, such as holidays or popular events. Conversely, rates may be lower during off peak seasons when demand is lower so you know that old thing you know supply and demand you know marketing one-on-one supply and demand right so the more people that want things the higher the rate's going to be the less people want things there's a, there's not a demand so of course the rates are going to be lower right it's supply and demand so that's Uh, hotel rooms are commodities, right? So if we don't sell them that day, you lose it, right? So it's not like, oh, I can make that up tomorrow. No, you can't. If you lost it, if you didn't sell out the day before, well, you didn't sell out the day before. You can't sell 110 rooms the next day, right? No, you can only still sell 100%. So hotels are responsible to sell 100% of their inventory every day. And if they don't, well, they don't, you cannot make that up. Right. So it's a commodity. If you don't sell it that day, you lose it. Okay. So it's the same thing with a lot of other different things, but, but yeah, seasonality and demand are big things when it comes to putting those rates. So holidays, you know, certain times holidays, like here in LA, holidays are not a big thing, especially like around the Christmas holidays. You would think the rates are higher. Well, no, there's less demand because you got to remember maybe some people Come and they spend time with family. They may be people traveling into LA, but that doesn't mean they're staying in hotels. And then, yes, yeah, someone out there saying, well, "What about Airbnb? Does that does that uh, take a little bit away from there as well?" It darn right it does. It sure does. You're absolutely right. So that actually, um, that actually um, hurts hotels too, especially certain times of the year. You know what I mean? Does it hurt all the time? It depends on the market. Okay, LA, mm, I'm not sure. Some markets, yes, it does. Um, Downtown, probably not. But maybe some, if you're staying in maybe some of the suburban areas, okay, maybe there's more Airbnbs out there, more availability to stay with an Airbnb. So maybe it would affect some of the hotels there. So, but, um, but seasonality definitely does, um, you know, events that are coming to town, uh, concerts, things like that. Of course, rates are going to go up because if the concerts at the, the Crypto Arena then the rates the, around the hotels that are around the crypto arena, the rates are going to be skyrocketed, right? Because they know there's a demand there, or there's convention going on. Okay, okay well, is the convention going on at the convention center? Well, yeah, the rates, a citywide convention too, like anime was here a couple of weeks ago. Well, the rates were crazy, but as soon as anime left, there's no demand, so the rates go back down. Okay, so there you go. Supply. What's the number two? Number two. I should have the. I should have it like number two. And this is hotel rates. How are they determined? Number two, supply and competition. Hotels consider the supply of available rooms in their market and evaluate their competition. If there is limited supply or high demand, hotels may set higher rates. Conversely, if there is a surplus of available rooms or strong competition, rates may be more competitive or discounted to attract. Yes. So it just depends. So how much supplies out there and what your competition is doing? A lot of times we look at our competition and say, okay, there if everybody's lowering their rates, they know something. Something's going on. Right. And some hotels won't do that. Some hotels will just say, you know what, I'm just going to keep my rate where it is, you know, and then you start missing out on things. Right. Uh, But most hotels, if one goes down, if like, say you compete with, you know, five, six hotels in your in your area. Right. If every if if the four of them went down on their rates, more than likely, you should probably do that too, because you don't want to price yourself out either of anything you may be getting. Um, cause you want to get your fair share of whatever business is out there. Right. But some hotels won't do that. I mean, depending on if you're, are you competing? Well, you shouldn't be competing with, um, you know, hotels should compete with similar types of properties, right? So, if I'm a convention hotel, should I be competing if with you know with the Motel Sixes and and some of the um, the um, what do you call them um, um, limited service hotels or select service hotels? Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Or maybe in this case they they do. Maybe because of what's happened, you know, with the economy and and COVID and coming out of that maybe now a lot of these bigger hotels are competing with the select service and the, you know, the, um, the, um, the courtyards and the, the town place suites and all that, because at the end of the day, they all have rooms, right? Right. They may not have all the bells and whistles. They may not have valet parking, but they do have a room and that room is similar to the one that we have. Okay. So I think in some situations they do compete with that. So should they lower their rates? Only they can determine that, but I'm just letting you know how rates are determined, right? But, you know, sometimes hotels do get into this kind of, well, if they're doing it, I'm going to do it too, right? Instead of just like looking at, okay, do we really compete with this hotel? Um, Are we on the same level? Are they on the same level with us? Let's keep our rates the way they are and let's, you know, we'll roll the dice and see what's going on. You know what I mean? But sometimes to, to lower a little bit, maybe sometimes works, but it just depends on what's going on in the area, you know, where is this demand coming from or the lack of demand? Or are you trying to, you know, okay, there's no demand. So what are we going to do? A lot of times people think that lowering rates is going to increase some type of demand and it doesn't. Okay. But you know, some people do it. Some people don't. I'm just telling you. Number three, market positioning and target audience. Market position and target audience. Hotels determine their Marketing position and target audience, which can influence pricing luxury or upscale hotels typically charge higher rates to reflect their premium offerings and target high end clientele economy or budget hotels. On the other hand, may offer lower rates to attract cost conscious travelers, just like I just said. Right. So you don't want to compete if you're a high end luxury hotel. You don't want to co- compete with, you know, but just select service hotels. Bottom line. OK, so number four. Location and market factors. Hotels take into account the location of their property and the specific market factors. Hotels locate in hotels located in prime or desirable locations may command higher rates due to their proximity to attractions, business centers or scenic views. Market factors such as local economy, local economic conditions, tourism trends, and the presence of major events or conventions can also impact pricing decisions. I just I mentioned that kind of that stuff already. So the location of the property, you know, what's around the property, um, what kind of attractions there? And I always mention as being um, uh, demand generators, what kind of demand generators are around there? Are there attractions? Are there business center? Uh, office buildings um you know amusement parks or whatever movie theaters, whatever what's around that area that can you know that will make your rate higher than an area that does not have those things right that don't have the traffic generator that you have so like universal Studios, okay, my last hotel was the Sheraton Universal Studios, okay, and I had mentioned this before where we went the hotel went as the as a studio or the the theme park went if the theme park wasn't busy. More likely we weren't gonna be busy because we fed not gonna say a hundred percent off of there, but we a good percentage of the people that that went to the park stayed at the hotel. And if they weren't going to the park, it was because of, you know, some of the studios that are the other studios that are around there, you know, working studios like, you know, maybe Paramount or Universal, Burbank Studios, whatever. And then there's a lot of music studios around there as well, right? So it was that's what determined if we were going to be busy or not, what was going on with those particular entities. But the park was the biggest um, traffic generator for us. Right. So if, if they closed down a ride for whatever reason, we would feel that. Right. So, So it just depends on what's around you as to what the rates are going to be. So right now, if you're at Universal Studios, I'm sure that the rates are pretty substantial for the hotels that are around that area. okay? because it's the summer months. In fact, now in L.A., it's it's like 80 something degrees, 85 degrees. Well, in the valley, it's probably in the 90s. okay? so you're going to get much more demand because it's summer months. People are at the park. People doing their thing, whatever that is, it's a major attraction. So, of course, the rates at the Sheraton, the Hilton, the Beverly Garland are going to be at their highest because they're taking advantage of that now because in a couple of months, it's not the the demand will not be there. So there you go. So location and markets uh, market factors make a huge difference. Um, let's see. Number five, room type and amenities. Hotels may differentiate rates based on the type of room or suites being offered. Upgraded room categories or rooms with premium amenities may have higher rates. Hotels also consider the availability and cost of additional services and amenities such as breakfast, parking, Wi-Fi, uh, spa facilities or fitness centers which can be included or offered as add-ons at, at, at different price points. So, yeah, so it depends on, you know, room type and amenities. Is it a double? Is it room with two beds? Because if you have a room with two beds, guess what? You can have up to four people in that room. So the rate should be higher than if it was just one bed in there, because if with one bed, you can only have up to two people. So that's those things are factored in. So it used to be, I remember for groups, um, Single double occupancy would be the same rate. So if it's like $100, single double occupancy. So it didn't matter if it was one uh, one person or four people in that room, you're getting the same rate. Well, they changed that because they're like, well, they've kind of figured out that the more people in the room, the more amenities that you're using, the more towels you're going to use, the more, you know, you got to wash those towels. You got to replenish a lot more wear and tear. The more people there, the more people are in the room. Um, Then you add in, you know, breakfast and all that kind of stuff. Um, Well, now, you know, those amenities, the the prices have gone up. So there you go. So, so it depends on, you know, room types and amenities. That's a big factor as well. And, and then, then we wonder why they're throwing these um, what are these added cost uh, resort fees, some type of service fee, urban fee, hotel fee, Uh, whatever it is that you know they try to say well it includes the wi-fi or the use of the pool towels and all this kind of stuff well and it may it may well do that but you know there's extra fees that will be if you haven't seen resort fees now it doesn't matter if the hotel is considered a resort or not There's some type of fees that will be added uh, into hotels if you haven't seen that yet definitely if you haven't been to vegas yet um, it will be coming to a hotel near you, but definitely if you go to Vegas, there's a resort fee on everything on every hotel for the most part, uh, there's going to be, and, and then the parking would be separate. So don't think parking is going to be included with that resort fee or the hotel fee or whatever the heck they call it. They, they got so many different names for it. And I don't know why these people, people are like sending me messages knowing that I do this show right now. Okay. I don't know. But anyway, let's see. I see a LinkedIn user there. Let me see. Boom. Let me put that on the screen. Well, it's 101 here in Houston. Oh, 101 degrees there. Okay. Well, hey, that's why you live there, right? <laughs> That'd be Robbie Lynn out there in Houston. Thank you so much, Robbie Lynn, for the, for the, the comment there. I mentioned heat a while ago, and it's in the, in the valley. I want to say it's in the 90s today, um, and it progresses for the next 10 days uh, to like, I want to say 94 to 96 degrees, that would be the highest point in the Valley. And that's like where the the Sheraton is and universal studios, Glendale, Burbank, you know, Woodland Hills, just for people that are, you know, keeping score out there that know that type of that, that area. But, um, so yeah, so, you know, um, yeah, the weather definitely changed and there you go. So, and, and Houston is no different. I mean, it's it's hot as heck out there. So, And then don't throw in Blythe, California, right? My hometown, right? So for the next 10 days, I haven't seen anything lower than 110 degrees. So for the next 10 days, this is this kind of just, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting away from what you know, I was talking about. But uh, Robbie Lynn talked about heat. So Blythe, California is where I'm from. So look it up. Blythe, just look at weather in Blythe and just let me know if I'm right. Okay, just Google it. I saw for the next 10 days, 110 or more. So 110 is going to be the least amount uh, with the highest. I want to say if I may have seen 120 in there, I definitely saw a lot of 115s, 114s, things like that. But I think I may have seen at least one 120 for the, in the next 10 days. That's crazy, right? So, but anyway, you know, if you choose to live there, you choose to live there. That's why I live here now. Okay. Okay, 114. Okay, so my brother just mentioned, uh, thank you so much for being on there. Stacey Evans says, beat 114. <laughs> so it's 114 today, right now. Okay, so there you go. And it's, it hasn't even got to the hottest part of the day. The hottest part of the day is like 3 o'clock. So it may even go up from there. But, you know, that's why I live here. So, but anyway. Well, that's black. That's hometown. You know, what can you say? That's hometown. So, okay, that's, that's five. Number six. We're talking about hotel rates and how are they determined? Length of stay and booking window. Hotels often offer discounted rates for longer stays or provide incentives for guests who book in advance. This encourages guests to stay for multiple nights or make Early reservations, helping hotels manage their occupancy and revenue forecasting. Okay. Yeah. It does help them out. Right. Yeah. But a lot of times, I mean, just, and I'm just, this is just, I'm just throwing this out here. If you book in advance, yeah, it does help the hotel out. Right. But what if you have to change? See where, where the hotels get, you know, Joe consumer is that they book early and they pay early. And then when you, it's it's a guaranteed reservation. So, If you show up or not, they're going to charge you. You're not getting your money back. So I always opt for the, um, I can't think of what it's called, but it's um, kind of the flexible rate. It's flexible. So you pay a couple extra dollars, but you have up until 24 24 hours before you have to show up to cancel your reservation, okay, without being charged or penalized, right? So I always go for the flexible option. I never go for the prepayment because that helps out the hotel. Yeah, definitely does. They give you a lower rate and they get their money up front because cash is king. When it comes to hotels, they want to collect as much money as they can and they're not giving that money back. So don't think they're giving the money back. Okay. So I don't care how many stories you come up with like, Oh, you know, my dog died. No, it doesn't matter. They're not going to give you that money back because you paid up front. So why they don't, they're not obligated to give you the money back, but it does definitely for the hotel. They do benefit from that because they do offer a discount, but which benefits you. Um, but yeah, it does encourage the guests to to stay multiple nights. Uh, if they make early reservations. hoping hotels manage their occupancy and revenue forecast. Yeah, it definitely does because they know what's on the books at that point. They know how much money. Okay. We have all this money right here. Uh, this is what's going on. So they know that they, they can count on that because it's already been paid. It's been a prepaid reservation. So just be leery of that. I always tell people to do the flexible rate, but we're just here talking about, you know, why hotels, you know, charge the rates they do. So length of stay matters, right? Sometimes you ever seen you're a reservation at a hotel and they put a restriction, like say if it's over a convention or, or some major sporting event, they'll say you have to stay a certain day, certain length of stay, like they put a limit on or put a, a limit on how many days you can stay. Or that you can't stay right, so okay, the limit is um you have to stay two days to get this rate, okay, you ever seen that before, so that's a that's a restriction, so you can book it, but you have to stay at least two days in order to get that rate, okay, what if you only want to stay one day? well, now you stay in two days right because you want this you're enticed by that lower rate, so there you go, that's just one of those hotel strategies strategy strategies that they use number seven. Uh, revenue management strategies hotel employ hotels employ revenue management strategies to optimize pricing based on factors such as historical data booking trends and forecasting this involves dynamically adjusting rates based on demand fluctuations occupancy levels and market market conditions to maximize revenue and profitability yes so they have management there's there's managers that what they do, they're revenue managers. Right. So their job is to manage the rates. Um, there's there's also there is based on historical data. So a lot of the rates are based on what happened this same time last year. Did we have a, a conference in? Did we have a convention in at this hotel? that will determine what these rates are going to be for this year. So if you had it last year, then the rates were higher. And you say, well, what was the difference between this year and last year? Well, we had that big, remember we had that big group last year and that's why the rates were higher. Well, we're not going to have that group this year. So maybe the rates would be lower over those same dates. I mean, that's how hotels think they go back and look at historical data. What was going on either in the hotel or in that destination or that downtown area or within the city, what was going on that made these rates that high? I mean, was it a, a, there was a natural disaster. There was something that like for the, the Sheraton universal. And I can't think it was a gas, a gas main broke in a certain area, which the um, it was an emergency situation where the, I want to say the gas company or the city had to house so many people. And it went for on for months. Right, so when we, I wasn't there during that time. Right, I came in after that. Right, so for that whole, almost for the whole year, oh, that was the the reason why the rates were so high, or have we had so many, so much occupancy, uh, was because of this particular um, situation that happened. Well, that will never, well, knock on wood, that will never happen again. So you can't factor that stuff in. So it looks like you underperformed, but. In reality, it was a natural disaster that happened that you could not you could not foresee that happening. Right. So moving forward, because remember, hotels will compare this year to the previous year. Okay, so if if this year you said, okay we are we averaged 90 percent in the month of June, July and August. And now this year, 2023, um, we're only averaging 70 percent. Well, what happened at 20 percentage points. What happened? Well, there was a natural disaster last year. That's never going to happen again. So you have to explain that to the powers that be so they understand that. But yeah, so that does uh, factor in a lot of, you know, looking at historical data or booking trends or forecasting in the past. And that will determine sometimes determine, you know, where you are now, where you're going to go and why you didn't achieve those numbers before. So all this has to do with how hotel rates are determined. Uh, and number eight, only one more. Just calm down. Okay, I got plenty of time left. Okay. Number eight, customer segmentation and loyalty programs. Ooh. Hotels may offer different rates or discounts to specific customer segments, such as corporate clients, group bookings or loyalty program members. These rates can be negotiated or tailored to meet the needs of these segments and encourage repeat business. Yeah, so that's why they have all these loyalty programs, right? Like your, your Hilton Honors, your Marriott Bonvoy, your, your what was it, uh, World, Hyatt Worldwide or Worldwide Hyatt, I can't think of what it's called. You know what I'm talking about. IHG, all those have their own loyalty programs where if you're within that, you know, so frequent stay, you stay a lot. Then, you know, sometimes they give you, they throw you little bones. Like you book here today, we'll give you this discount. Okay, so a lot of that stuff, you know, they want you and it, and to join the loyalty programs. It's free, right? I don't know why more people don't join the loyalty programs because a lot of times you just get the free Wi-Fi, right? You get the free Wi-Fi, uh, maybe even the upgraded Wi-Fi sometimes. So sometimes it it is to your benefit to join those things. So join the loyalty programs. Just you know, just on a side note. Um, but yeah, but everything's based on in hotels. Everything is based on market segments like corporate group. Those are all market segments. Those and people within the sales department. There's certain people that work certain markets. They're, uh, you know, responsible for, you know, anything that's corporate, corporate group, uh, corporate transient, leisure, um, Smurf, which is social, military educational religious fraternals. That's his that's own separate market or affinity. You know, they, they come with all these fancy names now. It was Smurf back in the day. Now, all the affinity market, which is the same. It's the modern day Smurf crap. But anyway, Smurf, not the little blue or purple people. No, it's actually a market segment. So everything is the market segments determine a lot of things. Uh, like I said, a lot of people from the outside don't know that when you, book, uh, when you book your hotel, if it's a group or a single reservation, you're automatically put into a category, and that's a segment, okay, a market segment. And when we do, hotel people, they compile the information like, oh, okay, the corporate segment did well during this month, but they're not doing well this month. Or well, What's going on? Well, the... The tour and travel market, which is international, you know, people coming from international destinations coming to the United States, that market is really just, it's just blew up. You know what I mean? So you're able, providing that it's coded correctly, you're able to see exactly which, which um, market segments you're getting the biggest bang for the buck. So all that stuff is determined in your rates A lot of people don't even know that. Right. So I'm just throwing that stuff out there. So I'm just I'm just I'm just in educational mode right now. Okay, Can you feel it? Um, It is important to note that hotel rates can vary daily or even multiple times within a day, a day based on factors like real time demand, availability and revenue management strategies. Hotels often utilize sophisticated pricing systems and software to monitor market conditions and adjust rates accordingly to optimize revenue. Remember rooms are a commodity. So if I can get more money, if I get a couple more dollars for that one room, I'm going to get it. So if I have to change my rates, you know, on a, you know, every hour basis during the day, that's what I'm going to do because it's based on demand, right? It's based on what's going on. So if the rates are, you know, uh, for whatever reason, You're starting to get demand and people are making reservations. Well, guess what? You don't want to keep the rates the same. You want to capitalize on this demand. Where this demand is coming from. Maybe I don't have any historical data that backs up this this demand. All of a sudden, this demand on July 18th, 2023. I don't know what's going on because no other hotel is filling this. But we're filling it for some reason. So guess what? My rates are 115 right now. I'm going up to 130. Okay, I'm taking up to 130 and see what happens. Okay, because I'm trying to make money because at the end of the day, that's it. If we don't sell those rooms as it, we don't make any money off of those rooms. Right. So if I if I can capture a couple more dollars, I'm going to do it. Okay. so hope that was educational for you. But, you know, that's what I do. I'm just trying to educate people, let people know what's going on. Woo. Let me take me a little drink of water after that. Boy, I'm I'm parched. Okay, as you can see, I changed hotels. If you guys have been monitoring this, you probably didn't even notice. So if I went back to the last slide, you saw this is the the AC Hotel, downtown L.A. Okay, so this is their rooftop bar or whatever. Um, Very nice views of downtown um, and beyond. If it's a clear day, you can see like Beverly Hills. You can see Santa Monica. I think you see the water from there. On a good day, you see planes coming in from LAX, all that stuff on a clear day, which, you know, doesn't happen often. But um, and then this one is the Ace Hotel, downtown L.A. So AC Hotel by Marriott and the Ace Hotel, which is an independent brand hotel, boutique hotel. OK, so two different places. This is their meeting space. One of the meetings or part of the meeting space here at the Ace Hotel. So three things that I always talk about. Be intentional. Make decisions and take action on what's important to you, whatever that is. Like it's important that I do this show, right? It's important that every week I show up and I'm present and I do this show, okay? Uh, And I try to be me, okay, guys. It's hard enough being Russell. I can't be someone else and then be represented, be represented. because my representation matters. Your representation may matter, too. But it matters to me that people that look like me, that someone that looks like me can do this show like this, or do a show like this or amass this experience in in hotels and hospitality or whatever, because I don't know who's coming in back of me. And I want to make sure I'm representing the industry well, you know, for other people that are coming behind me, if they look like me or not. You know what I mean? But of course, I want the people to look like me to know that, hey, there's someone else that has done this before. So I, it's not a, a road that I got to be the trailblazer. Right. Because someone else has done it. Right. So and I'm here for a resource. I'm here for that. I'm here to talk to people. Um, I'm always, you know, in mentorship mode when young people call me and say, hey, um, I noticed you on this show and you're talking about this. Um, can you talk more about that? I get those kind of calls every now and then, or those kind of messages that people want to know about the industry, how to get in, how I got in. Um, you know, what are the, what's the, is it fun? Is it, is a lot of work? Well, I'm like everything, you know, is going to be some work involved. Yes. Right. Um, it looks like you had fun. You're always talking about, it, you're always laughing about, it. yeah, I did have a lot of fun, but it was a lot of work too. But, um, but the, the, the the fun out, outweigh the work i can tell you that because you got to make it fun right you whatever you do you got to make it fun right no matter what industry it is you know make it fun and and there you go and it worked for me right so and i was able to do different positions and rise from being a housekeeping manager trainee to you know a general manager director of sales and marketing all that kind of stuff you know some people think the pinnacle for a hotel is to be the general manager. Well, it is for some people, right? Depending on what your path is. The pinnacle for me, although I was a general manager, uh, the pinnacle for me was to be a director of sales and marketing at a property, 500 rooms with 40,000 square feet of meeting space. That was it for me. Once I got that, I'm like, you know, whatever happens at this point happens. Okay. But that was my goal, right? When I got into sales, that was my goal. And it didn't, I was going to say, it didn't take me that long to get there. Well, I'm trying to think it was less than 10 years. It was probably five when I got into sales to when I became, it's probably about 75, between five and seven years. I'm going to say um, to get to that point where I met that goal of the, you know, 500 room property, uh, 40,000 square feet of meeting space. That was the, the, it was the Radisson then the Radisson LAX is now the Hyatt. So if you guys know the Hyatt Regency LAX, which is on Sepulveda and, um, Century Boulevard. That was the Radisson. That's the hotel. I was the director of sales and marketing at. So that was my, that was my goal. That was the thing. That was the focus of my career to get to that point. And then after that, I'm like, Hey, what, you know, what else is there? You know what I mean? So, uh, but you had to, I had to go through different steps to get there. Right. I had to leave a being director of sales and marketing at a 200 room property to make a lateral move to the West End Bonaventure 1300 room hotel, 110,000 square feet of meeting space. Um, I had to get experience there before I can go to that 500 room property. So it wasn't like a transition from a 200 and I just automatically went to a 500. No, I knew that I needed big box. We call it big box experience, right? Convention type experience. I needed that experience in order to apply that to a larger property. So I knew I knew what I needed to do. Somebody sent me something. I don't know. I mean, why are people sending me? I don't know. I don't understand that. Why are people sending me stuff? They know that I do this show at one o'clock. And these are people that I know. These are family people that are sending me texts. Okay. Text messages. Anyway. Okay. So did I finish with that one? I think so. Um, (laughs) I think so. Uh Yeah, this is Ace Hotel. I already said that. With some of the things that I do, I'm losing my train of thought. Um, Some of the things that I do, I'm the brand who helps out your brand. So uh, what I do and how I can help you. Always remember, let people know who you are, what you do, and how you can help. Hospitality, personality, of course. You can't do something like this and not be content creator. I train general managers on the sales process and I do hotel site selection. So, you know, I assist companies and organizations would find that right hotel um, for their, their meeting, their convention, their conference, their retreat. Um, I do all the pricing negotiation, contract negotiation, all that kind of stuff. Um, So there you go. Who's your best brand advocate? I always ask this, right? Who is your best brand advocate? Who, who's the one that should be making the most noise on your behalf? You should be right. You got to be excited. If you're not excited about what you do, ain't nobody else going to be excited. Okay, so I got to be out there with the pom poms, right? You know, rah, 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 Russell of hotels, this and that, you know, all that stuff. You have to be your biggest brand advocate because. Unless until someone else sees your excitement, they're not going to be excited about it. So it has to come from you initially. I'm not saying that people won't you know, pick up the baton and run for you Sometimes They will sometimes, but you can't depend on people to do it. You have to be the one driving the bus, okay, so to speak, right? You got to be the one driving the bus, honking the horn, you know, acting crazy, being a fool, whatever that entails, right? Because you want people to notice you and you want people to know what you do, who you are, what you do, and how you can help them, okay, that's why I do all this stuff. That's why I do this show on air with Russell of Hotels. That's why I do the postings on LinkedIn and YouTube and, you, and uh, Facebook and, and Instagram. Okay, that's why I do these daily check-ins, okay, because I, this is not enough. Doing one thing is not enough. I have to reach as many people as I can um, to let people know what I do, how I can help, or who I am, what I do, and how I can help. And you think after all this time, people would know who I am. I just talked to somebody just a little while ago and they didn't know that I did this show here on, said, why don't you do this on, on Instagram? I said, I have a show on YouTube and LinkedIn that that I've done 214 shows on. I said, that just shows me that I'm not doing a good enough job and letting people know because she didn't even know that. She goes, I didn't know you did then she tried to clean up. Yeah, I knew that. I'm like, no, you, you did not know that. Because if you knew that, you knew at 1 o'clock on Tuesdays, I do a show on air with Russell of Hotels, live on YouTube, live on LinkedIn. You would know that, right? She's like, well, why don't you do this on Instagram? Because I can not do it on Instagram. Because I do, um, what am I trying to say? The platform that I use only allows me to do, I can do multiple platforms, but Instagram is not one of them. Okay, so there you go. I'm sure there's some way that I ain't figured out how to do it, but I'm not really, I'm I'm really cool on Instagram right now. Okay. Cause you guys know they suspended me, right? So I'm doing less on Instagram because I got suspended for no reason. Okay. And I'm like, then, you know, why get mad at it? I had to say, I don't own the platform so they can do whatever the heck they want to do. Right. Is it fair? No, it wasn't fair that they suspended me for two weeks, but I understand the game. Okay. So I said, you know what? That's why I don't put everything on one platform. That's why I cross pollinate. Meaning I put all my postings on different platforms. I don't just rely on one platform because that platform could go away tomorrow or they can suspend you. So there you go. So my advice, spread the love, if you will. So who's your best brand advocate? You are, you got to make the most noise. You got to, cheer the loudest you gotta you know do the pom-poms you gotta do all this stuff okay <laughs> what are you doing to keep your brand relevant what are you doing what are you doing um well this it, i guess it goes in it, it ties in with how do i increase social media engagement same thing what am i doing okay um One thing, you got to be consistent. You can't post one time and think things are going to happen. I can't do one show and think things are going to happen. You you just got to continuously do things. You got to be consistent. Uh, Value, you got to add value. You got to make sure, you know, people, you know, what you're giving them is what they want to hear, okay? And hopefully the stuff that I gave today, somebody was interested in hearing it, okay? And please feel free to share this information. It's not, you know, Information that is just here and you don't want anyone to know about it. Yeah, no, I want people to know about it. So share as much information as you can uh, because it may be value to someone else. Right. Um, and hopefully that I am adding value to people. Well, at least two people on here today. So hopefully I'm adding value to one of those people. And then um, being authentic. Always be real. Don't be fake. You know, one thing about me, this is me. It, this is me. On social media or off of social media, this is me, right? Okay, I'm not. If you see me in real in in person or real life or whatever, I'm not going to be some oh oh yes, I'm I'm Russell. No, no, no. I'm gonna be like, hey, what's going on? Same way I'm here. I'm going to be in real life, in person. Okay, so consistency, value, be authentic. Don't be fake. Okay, just be you. Like I said, it's hard enough. Um, not being me. Okay. You know, just be, just be you. Okay. Be authentic, be real. Uh, if you joke, you joke. Okay. If, um, if you're serious, well, then be serious. That's, that's the, if that's how you put your content out there is serious, uh, then do that. Right. But that's not me. Right. I ain't trying to be too serious about, uh although these some of these topics are serious and I understand, but you gotta to me, I'm a I'm a I'm a laugh about something, okay. <laughs> I mean that's just how it is. <laughs> that's just how it is, okay? But just be you, be consistent, add value, be authentic, be authentically yourself, okay. And what tools do I use? Once I know all that stuff to you know to, to stay relevant or whatever, what tools do you use? Well, I mentioned I use various platforms, right? So I still use Instagram, but I, I use, but I still use, but I use Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, um, Twitter, and I throw in uh, TikTok too, because TikTok is a is a great tool. People, they think TikTok, oh, because it started off and, you know, people are doing these dances and all, and they're still doing the dances, right? But there's so much good content on TikTok now, it's crazy, where, you know, some hotels are start, really starting to figure it out. You know, they're trying to figure out that, oh, okay, well, people actually come here and, and see some of the stuff and then they inquire about it. I mean, that's how it should be, right? But it's all about being consistent. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's all about this right here. Be consistent. Add value. And being authentic. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Doesn't matter what platform you use, as long as you follow those rules, you'll be doing okay. Okay. Who's hiring? Don't worry, we, we're almost done here. Who's hiring? A couple people hiring here in LA. The Biltmore, they're looking for an executive meeting manager. Biltmore is always looking for somebody. I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, Highgate Hotel, they are Highgate Hotels, that's the management company. I'm not sure what hotel this is, but um, they're looking for an, an assistant director of finance. Hotel Per Per L.A., that's the name of the hotel, Hotel Per L.A. It used to be the Nomad. Remember that? It used to be the Nomad. It's a Hotel Per L.A. Uh, they're looking for a GM. Hmm. What happened to the other one? Uh, Residence Inn in Ontario. Yeah, I saw this one today. In a, you know, it's kind of odd that I saw this one on the, the list of L.A., properties but um la jobs but i like that Residence in i remember this Residence in i used to know someone that worked there there was a GM there so residence in in ontario which is about an hour from la they're looking for a sales manager so there you go and let's see what else did i talk about nine eats? i haven't talked about nine eats in a long time so um i've been on this this mushroom thing lately um and lion's mane mushrooms have you ever had lion's mane mushroom they have to be the meatiest mushrooms I've ever had, right? And how they get the name lion's mane—they look like a lion's mane. I've never had any fresh lion's mane rest, uh, mushrooms, though. I can, and I'm sorry to say that the ones I get are dry, and I have to—you have to reconstitute them, right? So they've been dried out, but you you submerge them in water for a little while, and they come back to where you know, I guess, where they were before they became dehydrated. But um, and they're meaty. I mean, meaty as heck. So I do, I, I do, um, I saute them. I do like, um, almost like, like you would do like an orange chicken or something like that, saute them and put some kind of, you know, spicy Szechuan sauce or orange sauce or whatever. I do something similar to that. And you put it over rice, like brown rice. Oh, my gosh. Throw some vegetables in there. Throw some, like, some broccoli. Like, instead of, like, beef and broccoli, do, like, lion's mane mushroom and broccoli. any kind of vegetable I throw a little spinach in there too Um, some little zucchini squash summer squash whatever little eggplant spicy eggplant Um, I mean I do all kind of stuff with it but mushrooms are like the new meat you know I don't know if it's just me am I the only one that feels like this mushrooms are the new meat (laughs) so it doesn't matter if it's lion's mane um shiitake portobello um Uh, king mushroom or trumpet mushrooms. Oh my God. I mean, I eat all of them. And like I said, uh, they're the new meat for me. So I'm, 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 I'm rolling with the mushrooms. Okay. So I've been cooking a lot of mushrooms. I did mushrooms last night and today is taco Tuesday and I'm going to do some mushrooms today. Taco mushroom tacos. So there you go. So, because I know I hadn't talked about that in a while, so I just want to make sure you guys. I'm still about the non meat eats. Okay. So don't think I'm not because I hadn't talked about it. Uh, I'm still about the non meat eats. So we're getting close to the end of the show. So this is, what is this? Russell of hotels, three P's purpose, passion, perseverance, purpose, know why you do what you do. Okay. I know why I do the show. I know why I want to be a resource because I'm trying to help as many people as I can. Uh, and use those tools, right? I mean, if you have it, use it. If anybody has questions, I mean, I'm here to, to help. Right. So I am a, a, um, you know, try to be a, uh, what am I trying to say? A reference or, um, I'm trying to be a help. I don't know. There's a word I'm trying to come up with and I don't know what it is, but, um, I'm here to help bottom line right now. There's a difference just so you know, before people like 10 people start calling me, they want to talk to me for an hour. There's a, there's a fine line between um, conversation and consultation. Okay. <laughs> so, and that's things that I have to be wary of, right? Because I am an, I'm, I am an entrepreneur and there's a lot of information that people will get from you. Um, and they want it for free. Right. So just remember this. People want what's in there. Right. They they want to get information from you. OK, just be just be weary of that or just be cognizant of that. Just know that there's a difference between conversation and and it because there's a fine line between just having a conversation. And when you get you cross over that line to now, um, you know, this is this is now a consultation, you know what I mean? And now we got to talk, you know, about something else. We got to add some dollars and cents to this conversation, right? It depends on what we're talking about, you know what I mean? But for someone that needs assistance with, um, because I I had a conversation with a young lady last week um, that just got out of college that's looking for, you know, a job or looking for her place in this industry. You know, I give them as much time as I can because this is someone that's coming behind me. This is someone that 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 that's looking for direction, and that's what I'm here to do, right? So, for someone that is trying to get into industry, of course, you don't want to discourage them with that kind of stuff, but you want to give them as much time and information as you can, right? So, so there's a difference between that and someone that asks me, "Hey, um." think about um i work at this hotel i'm doing some consulting for this hotel and it's a downtown property what do you think about this property yeah i see you used to work there okay that's the difference right i've had those conversations before where i had to cut people off i'm like dude i i can't talk anymore about it well why not well someone is paying you to get this information okay why can't i get paid too You know what I mean? So people are something else sometimes when it comes to that. So you have to be, like I said, cognizant or aware of, you know, the conversation you're having and where they're going, okay, and what that information that you're giving them, what are they going to do with it? So just a fine line between that. So just remember remember what your purpose is, okay? You Remember what your purpose is, all right? Passion. Either you have it or you don't. If you don't have passion for what you do, you know what you should do? Do something else. Three, perseverance. Be consistent, continue to evolve, don't give up, and swerve when you need to. Now, on air with Russell of Hotels, or Russell of Hotels, we don't pivot, we swerve, okay? So, there's a difference between pivoting and swerving. Swerving is you see something in the horizon, doesn't look good, okay, I'm going to go around that, either to the left or the right, or maybe I'll back up and go the other way, okay? Pivoting. You see it and you just go into it anyway. And then when you get caught, you're like, well, what do I do now? I I got to move this way. I got to move that way. Well, no, you should have avoided it. You should have skirted around it. Okay. So that's the difference between pivoting and swerving. And that's why I don't pivot. I swerve because you always want to make sure you know what's in the horizon, what you're getting yourself into. Okay. So sometimes we got to arm ourselves with all these different, you know, things, if that's, You know, um, education, if that's experience, arm yourself with all those things, then you'll always just be swerving. You won't be pivoting. There you go. So that is it. It's two o'clock right on the dot. Dang. Perfect. Anyway, you guys have a great day. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Thank you, Stacey Edman, for your comments. Thank you, Robin Lynn. Appreciate you, your comments as well. This show comes on every Tuesday. It's called on air with Russell of hotels, live hospitality talk show it comes on every Tuesday at one o'clock. I also do a daily check-in called daily check-in with Russell of hotels, where it's an abbreviated show. Uh, I spend maybe 10 to 30 minutes talking about different things that happen, you know, you know, between like now and tomorrow. Right. I normally do those about uh, noon and those go Monday through Friday. OK. And then, of course, I post things. And um, so but I'm here. So um, I'm here as a resource. Like I said, I'm here to talk about the industry, uh, specifically hotels. But I talk we talk about CVBs, DMOs, uh, anything within the hospitality space. We're going to talk about it. So there you go. But thank you guys so much for joining. Appreciate you guys. Um, And I guess that's it.
0: Thank you for joining On Air with Russell of Hotels. Please tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. as we talk to other hospitality professionals. Your feedback is important to Russell. Feel free to email him at russell at com with any questions or suggestions. Until next time, try not to be a person of success. Rather, become a person of great value.